Hey everybody and welcome back to the Teach Me to Code podcast. This is your host, Charles Maxwood. And this week I'm talking to Marty Hot and Charlie Baker about the Rocky Mountain Ruby Conference. Um, last year it was Mountain.rb, this year it's Rocky Mountain Ruby Conference. It's in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, we talked a lot about organizing a conference, um, what makes a great venue, you know, what makes a good experience as far as like food and ambiance and and, and venue and things like that, and it was really an interesting discussion. Um, we also discussed how they uh, weigh out the topics and figure out who the speakers are going to be and things like that. So, um, you know, really, really just kind of fascinating discussion there. And so, I'm looking forward to uh, to having you here because it was just fun. It was also fun to talk about the the Boulder area and what makes it kind of unique. So. If you're looking for kind of a unique conference experience, it looks like this is a good one. Um, there are still spots left, and you can go sign up at rockymtnruby.com. Now, one other thing that I have going on is that I have been working really hard on a Ruby on Rails course. Um, it's a self, uh, self-guided self course uh, for basic Ruby on Rails, and uh, it's, it's all going to be online, so you can just uh, consume it when and how you want. Um, you can go sign up at rails, railscoach.com. If you click on Ruby on Rails courses at the top, uh, it'll take you to where you need to go. And uh, I'll, I'll hopefully get a link into the show notes as well. So if, you, if you're interested in learning Ruby on Rails, then this is a good way to go. Um, the course starts on September 12th, and it'll go through, uh, I think, October 24th. So it's a six-week course. Um, covers pretty much all the basics for Ruby on Rails. So anyway, I, I recommend that you go sign up check it out and uh anyway i'm gonna go and go ahead and turn the interview on and we will talk to you on the other end thanks hey everybody this is charles maxwood with teach me to code and today i am here with charlie baker and marty is it hot or hot or it's hot yeah hot like the like temperature hot yes all right and uh they are the organizers of the mount rocky mountain ruby conference uh, last year it was Mountain.rb, and uh, they've changed the name. And uh, so why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. Just tell us a little bit about yourselves, and then we'll uh, start talking. Okay, I guess I'll go first. My name is Marty Hot. Um, let's see. Uh, been organizing the Boulder Ruby users group for, um, was it, I guess over five years now. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is the second year for doing the conference, uh, previously Mountain RB, but now Rocky Mountain Ruby. And, uh, beyond that, been programming for, I guess, 13 years, 14 years, something like that. And been doing Ruby since 2005. So it's sort of my story. I, I live in Colorado and, uh, do lots of things lately. Um, triathlons has been one of them and, uh, a lot of outdoor stuff. So enjoying the mountains. Sounds like you're in a good place for that. Oh, yes, definitely. Love it here. All right. Go ahead, Charlie. Tell us about yourself. Hey, my name is Charlie Baker. Um, I've been involved with Ruby for the past six or seven years. Um, I've been in IT for about the past 15, 16 years, so that makes me kind of an old-timer. Um, I started out with um, Water uh, in Ruby. So Water is a web application testing in Ruby. Uh, became lead developer, um, helped organize a conference for uh, Water this year, earlier this year. Um, and then also got involved with um, the, the local community here between Boulder and Denver. Uh, and then I've been working with Marty on uh, Mountain RB and then Rocky Mountain Ruby this year. All right. 
Cool. So I have to clarify something really quickly, and this is just for me. Um, I have a friend that, uh, well, my wife's best friend, she lives in Castle Rock, which is kind of in the other direction from Denver. Um, And uh, so I mentioned that I was heading out to the Denver area for this conference, and somebody quickly uh, straightened me out and explained to me that Boulder and Denver are not the same. So uh, I, I'm a little curious. What what's what's the difference? Why, why is there a distinction? Um, <laughs> well, they are not the same for sure. Uh, well, geographically, Boulder is right against um, the the mountains. So literally, the town is you know you can walk in five minutes. You're in mountain trails. Denver is um, well, I don't know a good fifteen miles or so or maybe 10 miles from the mountains so it's more in the plains whereas boulders right right there but that's probably not why it makes such a distinction the distinction is really culturally and um boulder is uh for a long time has been dominated by cu so it's a college town and has uh the college town feel but more more it's it's actually kind of this weird mix of, say, hippies and um, very well-to-do. I, I would say yuppies, but I don't think anyone uses that term anymore. Um, uh, now it has a very rich startup culture. And, of course, you have the college scene there. And then you have the whole outdoor extreme athlete uh, sort of presence. So Boulder is a very unusual town because of that. And it's uh, – it, prides itself on being very different and uh, actually it's nicknamed the people's republic of boulder and um and whereas denver's more of your typical midwestern town with the colorado feel boulder is not so um yeah people from both sides or both areas will uh, say no they're they're not the same and they aren't if you you know walk around you'll get a different vibe okay um how does that inform the the ruby community and the conference um, well, that's a good question. Uh, the, um, so with Boulder Ruby, um, the one thing I like about the Ruby community in Boulder is that everyone's very helpful and very nice and it's very inclusive and it's also very small. Boulder's maybe what, a hundred thousand people, but it's very, very concentrated with, um, technology. A lot of software developers, a lot of people in technology and startups now. Uh, but, you know, it hasn't always been startups. It's been, you know, big into um, uh, what, weather and atmospheric um, processing as well as um, a lot of satellite GIS type um, systems. Um, IBM has a huge campus there. So it's it's a very educated town. It's um, uh, And the community is really nice. So there's it's a lot of fun. I decided to start there mainly because I live very close to Boulder. I live in Longmont, which is, um, you know, uh, 15 miles or 12 miles away. Um, and so Denver for me is like a 45 minute drive without any sort of traffic. And if there's traffic, it can be an hour and a half. So it's, it's a lot harder for me to get to Denver personally than Boulder. And that's why, um, I did choose Boulder originally, but Boulder is a much smaller community and it just is easier to start a group. And there's a lot of people there, so um, it wasn't any problem filling uh, the group up. On to the conference, sort of how does it, how does Boulder influence the conference? Um, well, one thing, Boulder's a very cool town to visit, and it's very the downtown is very compressed. You can you can 
once you get downtown, you can walk everywhere. And uh, you, you have everything you need. You have hotels. You have a, a nice venue, which we have the Boulder Theater we're using. We, you know, we have lots of restaurants. There's a lot of uh, companies there, um, both consulting companies as well as uh, startups and technology companies that are all there. And it's all within you know, 10 blocks of each other. So it's cool because you can get downtown. It's beautiful. And then you don't have to drive anywhere. You can just walk everywhere. Um, so I think that's kind of uh, one of the reasons why I like Boulder for the conference. It's um, let's see. It's also uh, let's see. I lost my train of thought here. <laughs> uh, we also have the outdoor thing going, which I really like. It's a lot of fun, and so it's neat to have a conference where we can walk five or ten minutes and be uh, hiking or doing a trail run and whatnot. And so I think it's kind of neat to fold that into the conference. So yeah, yeah. I noticed that on the on the website that you know there was mention of yeah and uh on these days we're actually going to go do hikes or trail runs or yeah yeah it's it's a little different feel i mean the the five k's have kind of become popular with some of the the conferences the ruby conferences but uh, this is kind of a little different in, in that sense so that's i mean that's something that's definitely true of the boulder and denver area it's it's probably the most uh well i think if you look at some of the outdoors magazines, they're basically rated, you know, number one and two as far as like outdoor activities mm-hmm. um, and just people involved in that. Uh, Boulder is a much smaller, tight knit community uh, and does have a great sense of community. So there's a, um, a really great sense of a Ruby community there. Uh, and that that's something that um, I'm trying to look at doing in Denver as well. So to me, if you look at the two cities, it's despite the fact that we're only probably, what, 30 miles away or so. Yeah. Um, you're looking at kind of almost the difference between San Francisco and LA. So, you know, mm-hmm. very, very vastly different cities as far as like culturally and, and what's going on there. Um, Boulder does have like a great startup community. Um, Denver has everything from startups to, you know, Oracle presence here. Right. Um, so they're, they're just vastly different communities. Um, we also involve, as well as the out, outdoor activities, um, Boulder does have a very good cultural sense about it. Um, so one of the things that we really place high import on is uh, food. Um, so oh, yeah. I think I think we are actually one of the best uh, one of the best foodie conferences that you'll find in the Ruby community. Ooh, um, so now, we, I'm, now I'm really looking forward to going. Absolutely. I mean, we really make an effort to do um, local food. Uh, from some of the best restaurants in the area, and like Marty said, we're downtown, so we're close to all of that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You could definitely. It's um, it's unfortunate the conference is only you know two three days long because I can't do everything I want to do in that time. There's so many uh, interesting restaurants and things to do in the area that it's you know when you try to make the conference schedule, it's like I can't get it all. I can't get it all in there. But um, Boulder, Boulder is um, definitely the, I think it is the foodiest small town for sure. I mean, I don't think that it will ever compete with say Chicago or New York or something like that in terms of, you know, top end restaurants. But if you consider how many people are in Boulder, it's really quite amazing, the restaurants. And it's not just, you know, these few select five or 10, you know, top notch restaurants that are there. It's like, it's everywhere. You know, the like vegan, gluten-free that was cool in Boulder before many people even knew it existed. I mean, you know, the natural food movement was huge in the 70s here and has, has been strong forever, forever since then. And, and it's, it's really nice. The whole notion of a, a farmer's market's really strong here. I go to it every weekend and uh, pick up lots of stuff. And so 
that is just this sort of way of eating and preparing food and all that is just just ingrained in the culture of the city. And so, of course, you see that in the restaurants too, which is really nice. And so one of the things at the conference, I try to keep that in. So we'll, we'll have, you know, if you're gluten-free or if you're a vegan, then we'll have you covered. It's not a problem. And we'll still eat well if you like your meat and all that. Not a problem. We'll, we'll still have a good time. Meat. <laughs> I like meat. But, <laughs> but I don't mind people that are vegan. You know, That's all cool. It's good. Whatever. Whatever you yeah. want to. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I, I think a lot of people are generally that way where it's like, you know, if that's your preference, that's fine. Just don't get in my face about my preference and we'll get along fine. So um, I want to change uh, the topic a little bit and uh, ask you, since since this is the second year you're doing the conference, you know, there are several other uh, regional conferences that have been done um, for much longer. And I'm wondering if your perception of kind of the regional conference um, portion of the community has, has changed since you've put together a conference? Um, well, it has changed. Now, um, I, I did help with Mountain West back in 2007, 2008, and a little bit in 2009. Um, so I recall back then when there weren't actually any regionals, when um, it was actually in Denver in 2006 when RubyConf was in Denver, um, uh, Pat and 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 Mike approached me and and you know said hey you you know you want to do this Mountain West thing and you know and I thought it was really interesting I'm like wow I've never thought of doing a conference but you know there does seem to be a lot of interest and that was the year I mean I think 2005 was as well but I didn't try to go to 2005 but 2006 was the year when you know the conference sold out really fast and there were a lot of people that didn't get a chance to go and it was clear that we needed um, to expand to meet the needs of people, you know, that want to come and experience a conference like that. So back then, it's very interesting. It was uh, sort of wild west, almost, you know, the frontier of regional Ruby conferences, and they and they started to pop up. Um, and I think last year, and maybe this year as well, there's such a saturation. There's like every weekend, and it was really interesting trying to pick a weekend to uh, schedule Mountain RB. It was hard. Because I had to say, oh, my gosh, you know, Golden Gate Ruby Conference is there. Oh, you know, uh, Hoedown's that weekend. I can't, you know, Lone Star's that weekend. It was just like conference after conference. It seemed like almost every weekend was taken up. And that's kind of how it is now. All the conference organizers have to be careful. And sometimes you can't help but avoid, uh, you know, scheduling the same weekend. You know, I don't – I mean, when I, when I started – Mountain RB. The reason why I started it was because of local community, the front range of Colorado, because a lot of these people won't travel to go to a conference. And you know, I wanted to bring something to them. And to me, it didn't matter if there was a, another conference or two in another part of the country, because I'm not trying to pull people from around the world, beyond, beyond speakers, of course. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the challenge is if there's another really top-notch conference, you know, then you're splitting your speakers. And I think we're okay now, but that's kind of a bummer too. If you want to invite someone, they're like, "Oh, I've already committed to this conference." You're like, "Hmm, it's too bad." I think that's actually one of the things that we've run across as well, and certainly tried um, as as we were getting talks in this year um, and last year as well. So basically, there are a lot of regional conferences, and there so there are there are certain speakers, and there's a certain pool of speakers, and so you get people who speak and give the same talk at multiple conferences. Um, we really pushed pretty hard for original content at at both last year's Mountain RB and then this year's Rocky Mountain Ruby. Um, so that's been kind of an interesting um, 
interesting effect that's happened based on the amount of um, regional conferences that we have right now. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you avoid having the same talk at multiple conferences? Because it seems like if all of the conferences are, you know, within the same month, maybe um, you won't see who's been accepted to speak or, you know, what what the scheduled talks are until after you've accepted somebody's talk as well. Yeah, I don't know if it can really truly be avoided. Um, we did ask, and I, I do see a lot of organizers are asking this now, is they'll say, um, have you given this talk before? And and um, are you going? You know, have you submitted to other conferences? Um, and I mean, I, I think it's good to ask that. Uh, but I mean, most of us are all pre-plugged in. We can tell. We know who's doing what talks in various conferences. We see the lists, and mm-hmm. uh, so we'll know if a if a talk gets too saturated. But you know, it's interesting, you know, um, because there's some talks that you know it could be given almost every conference, and that would be fine. Um, Especially if the people that are attending these conferences are different, you know, maybe yeah, you'll have the sort of the um, the ten or fifteen. Uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, uh, group, conference groupies that <laughs> <laughs> seem to always travel to all the conferences, and uh, you know they'll they'll have to sit through the same talk again. And you know that's I guess that's what you get if you go to you know you know eight or so conferences a year, but. Um, but for most of the attendees, they they won't have seen it. And I think the only thing is if if the video of a, a talk is online and, and, and maybe right. really popular and people have watched it, then maybe they miss out on you know it's like well maybe they'll tune out. But you know I don't know. But sometimes it's still good because seeing it in person is great. You can ask different questions, and of course you can talk to the speaker you know in the hallway track. So it's it's really interesting. But but I still you know I definitely as Charlie's mentioning. You know, we don't want to have the same. I don't want the Rocky Mountain Ruby lineup to look like, oh, you know, that was like that conference t- two months ago, except for now it's in Boulder. And I don't, I definitely, um, as someone who's curating, uh, you know, the program, I, I don't want it to look like anyone else's conference. I want to have its own feel. And if there's a talk or two that maybe has been given before, then that's fine as long as the program is as a whole feels different. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think there's definitely, you mentioned videos and certainly that's played into it a lot as well. Um, But, you know, the talks to some degree, so there might be evergreen talks. So always fresh, always good. And regardless of the context and regardless of the conference, those are just talks you want to have and people you want to put on. Um, Because it drives kind of the feeling and some of the questions that, you know, come out of the conference itself as people move into the hallway track or as people talk about it later at night, um, that sort of thing. And then it's a matter of maintaining that fine balance between that and, and new talks as well. Mm -hmm. So I I have another question. I've, I've submitted, um, proposals to speak at other conferences and, you know, sometimes they're accepted and sometimes they're not. And I, I haven't really been able to, to hone in on what makes, a good conference proposal. I mean, what makes a good proposal that's going to be accepted? Um, cause sometimes it seems like it's not necessarily the topic. Cause I've even, you know, I've even had them put out, you know, we want, uh, proposals on these types of topics. And so I get something that, you know, falls right in line with that and still don't get accepted. And so, you know, I, I think there's probably a difference between a good proposal and a bad one. And I'm wondering what your take is on that. 
Um, that's a tough call. I mean, if you look at our stats this year, so we had uh, almost 50 submissions. I think we we're right around 48 or so. Uh-huh. Um, and that's to fill 14 slots. Um, so there may be some fantastic talks in, in the, um, you know, it, it's like shaving a you know hundredth of a second off of your time uh, in a competitive race. So the, there were talks that were so very close to each other as far as just kind of our overall ranking of talks and, and how that goes. Um, there are some, I mean, there definitely are some guidelines around putting together a good abstract and putting it together a good, um, good, interesting session, making sure you actually do fit in. So as you mentioned, um, we put out kind of a general list of topics saying like, you know, here's some of the stuff we want to cover so that at least people can kind of slot into one of those areas. Um, and, and then, you know, passing your abstract by someone, so actually, like socializing your abstract, um, you know, don't write it last second, mm-hmm. and submit, uh, you know, at eleven fifty nine. You know, when the when the submission deadline is at midnight, um, that sort of stuff. Um, and, and then we're also working with speakers this time around. Um, so I'm trying to trying to work with people who haven't spoken before and people who have spoken before about um, you know how do you best put together a talk and then um, the reviewing the slides as well if if they um if they want to go to that route um because i i think it makes sense to you know pass by your talk several times um practice 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 and then get some feedback from it hmm. yeah i would i would say that um I, I think it varies i can tell you certainly my take on it and i um charles i've certainly seen that as well i've i've written some talks and submitted them and I was just flabbergasted when they weren't accepted. Especially when you sometimes you'll see the talks that made it in. You're like, no, what? That that talk? Yeah, that, that put before mine, really. Um, so you know, I definitely see that. I I don't really have a great answer. I mean, I think that one of the things that that organizers think about is they want to put a compelling program together. So you know, they want a, a good mix of talks that are going to want to make people sign up. Like, wow, I really have to see that. That I really want to see that. Part of that is, you know, a catchy uh, title, you know, a, a punchy, short um, description, abstract that, you know, really draws the people in. You know, one of the things that I, I kind of like more in a talk is not so much like, here's a library, here's how you use it, but maybe beyond that, because those make great blog posts and those are out there all the time. People uh-huh. can learn very quickly how to use this library or do some technique, but Sometimes there's, there's stuff that you can't communicate so well in a blog post that you can with a presentation. Maybe it's a new concept or a new way of thinking or a new way of using existing tools. And I think that's, that's um, when you latch onto something like that, especially if it's a hot topic in the community, then, and you can write a decent proposal, then I think you're, you're going to be in. It seems like sometimes... Um, there's a political slash popular popularity kind of thing going on. So like, oh, this guy's an awesome speaker. And so we, you know, whatever he sends in or, you know, just about anything he sends in, we'll probably put him in the program. And I, 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 I think that does happen. Um, and, you know, it's good and bad. Uh, we, we try not to always do that. It's not always about, you know, established speakers. We want new people that have something new to share. Then we want to put that in. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it varies with, with each of the conference organizers. You know, the one thing that we did is we were trying to also put together talks that, that, that worked together. And so there were some great talks that 
normally would have made it in. But because we had a limited number of slots and we were trying to group uh, talks together by topic, some topics just got thrown out entirely. And it didn't matter how good the talk was. It's like, well, we're not, our program isn't going in that direction. So this would feel like a, an off and left field kind of talk compared to the other content. So, um, but not all conferences do that. Some conferences are like a little bit of everything. And so it doesn't really matter if you have a really weird Ruby talk, then that's cool. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about reviewing the proposals, um, who is the we that reviews them? Well, for us, we had um, a small group of um, Rubyists, th- local Rubyists. I think there was, what, six of us, Charlie? Does that sound right? Yep, that's about right. Um, and I had them. I sent out all the um, the uh, write-ups. They got a big CSV file, and they went through everything. And I actually had a simple rating system. There's a lot of what rating systems out there. Uh, you might want to rate based on you know the speaker, based on the content, uh, based on you know uh, you know newness. Is it new? Is it you know is it hot or whatever? Or mm-hmm. you know there's lots of different ways you can. Uh, vote for me. I, I just said, let's make this really simple. I think I had a four point scale, like must see. Um, yeah, or you know, I, I'd like to see this, or you know, maybe there's like a maybe, and then there's like a not interested. And it was very. I mean, I, I when I asked the people to rate things, I wanted them just to give a sense from their perspective. Would you really want to see this on stage? And you know, between those four points we could quickly separate like, okay, clearly lots of people are latching onto this talk, this talk, not so much, Mm -hmm. but that only gets you so far because (laughs) as we we discovered, you know, like a a four point scale, there were a a lot of threes, way more threes than we could fit in. So it's kind of like, okay, now how do you separate these talks? And, and even, you know, and then we, you know, we didn't just, because you, if you had a two point rated talk, didn't mean you didn't get in because sometimes, um, I could see that this talk would fit really nicely with these other talks, and I liked where that you know pushed the program to, and that's the curating part. So, um, so in the end, uh, it came down to Charlie and I to make the final call on what got in and what didn't. But we at least had sort of this litmus test, or at least a, a you know a, a temperature check on what people beyond us thought. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, and so then when you're putting the program together, you, you said that you're grouping sort of like topics together. Yeah. And is the conference a one track conference or it is? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really, it's, it's kind of funny because, um, last year I went to Ruby conference, Ruby conf, and then two years ago I went to both Ruby conf and rails conf or, or was it? It, it might have been two years before that, but it's really interesting when you have the multi-track conferences to try and decide which ones to go to. And so in a lot of ways, I kind of like the one-track conference because you just, I mean, you just warm your seat and, and listen to the, the great content coming in and you don't have to worry about, oh, well, what's next? What's on the next track or the next conference? You know, what what's the next talk? And, oh, well, this, you know, this time slot doesn't have anything I really want to see. And the next time slot has three things I want to see and, you know, and then you have to make the decision. So, you know, it's, it's a whole lot less stress. And the only other track that's out there is the hallway track, which is also, uh, generally a little more focused because you, you know, you're usually talking about, uh, whatever was talked about in the last, uh, talk or maybe two. 
And so that, that's always fun. And um, I've been to Mountain Westerby Conference for the last like four years. And, uh, you know, and, and that's kind of how those work. And, you know, the venue's great. And it's, it's really, it's really kind of a cool thing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the venue for the conference? Sure. Um, so we're in the Boulder Theater. The Boulder Theater is um, a turn of the century, um, 19th century um, opera house. Uh, and, um, so it's, it's, a uh, historic building. I think it's historic. Um, I don't know if it's on the registry or not, but, uh, it's, it has an art deco, um, theme to it, or that's, that's how it's decorated. It's a very large theater. It, uh, can hold up to 800 people, has a balcony, has a, has a real stage. They, um, primarily they're a music venue. So they have acts that come and play. Um, in the evenings, and uh, they do, you know, uh, plays and other types of uh, events like that. And they also just do general um, uh, events. They have a, the the main floor is open, which means it can be um, configured in lots of different ways. So you could literally have no seats at all and just have tables everywhere. And they they do that sometimes when they have sort of a an expo in there, and other times it can be traditional theater seating. Uh, we do a mix. We do um, we have these cabaret tables, which are these four people tables, um, and uh, we have a bunch of those. The theater doesn't have as many as we'd like, but uh, I think we can seat 120 in that uh, format, and we put those towards the front, and then we have normal seating for the rest. And um, it's that's a very it's kind of nice because the four person table is enough for people to crowd four laptops on there and sit together. So you have some nice clumping going on, but then it's also spacious and people can still mill around and and uh, chat. So it's it's kind of nice that way. Um, the other thing that's really cool about the Boulder Theater is um, it has a bar in the middle of it. And um, although we don't actually run the bar the entire conference, we do actually open up the bar the last hour of each day. And, um, and so you can go back and you can get yourself a drink or whatever. Um, we also, um, went like their breakfast spread is actually on the, the bar itself. So it's really nice. It's, it's, um, right there in the middle. Uh, the, um, the other thing that's really nice about the theater is it's not a hotel. So I'm not locked into a specific overpriced caterer. I can actually bring in whoever I want. Mm -hmm. And that's very nice. That allows me to um, bring in great food, great local food. So, um, the, the other thing about the theater that's great is it is downtown. Uh, it's one block away from the, um, hotel conference hotel called the Boulderado, which is also another historic hotel. It's been there, um, uh, over a hundred years. Um, the, and of course you can walk to everything else, um, you know, just a few blocks away. So it's, it's very nice, very central. Yeah, I booked myself a room there. Yep, you won't be disappointed. It's great. It's a nice, nice hotel. Yeah, it looks like a really nice hotel. So, um, yeah, I mean, the venue itself is actually one of our big benefits as well. It, like Marty said, it is like a turn of the century Art Deco space. It's a fantastic space, um, and they've had people like um, Johnny Cash play there. Um, the acoustics are great, so they're completely set up for that. As well as um, everyone can view. We've got you know the the gigantic 
gigantic uh, cinema screen for slides. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're not borrowing someplace like a hotel conference room that's that, you know, might not be set up. Everyone's set at the same level and you can't see over the person in front of you and, and have to deal with those problems. Um, mm-hmm. This place is really set up to present. Um, so th- th- that's definitely one of the big benefits of that. It's got a cool atmosphere too. It's just, it's just got Absolutely. a different feel. You walk in, you're like, oh, this is cool. You know, it's, it's, a, it's very relaxing. You can hang out. They actually have some sofas in the back. <laughs> and we can, we can move things around so we can decide where we want the sofas to go. Um, but, uh, and we have, we have a space in the back where we can put, um, um, you know, uh, tables for the sponsors. The sponsors can be right there. They can actually be at their tables and mm-hmm. literally watch the presentations too. So it, it, it's, it is cool. It's a, a, it's a great venue. Very, very lucky to have that at our disposal and because they're primarily a night venue their daytimes are never filled up i mean uh, so i i can i can be c- comfortable that i'll be able to book <laughs> the days i need without uh you know having to lock that in too far ahead and like marty said i think we're the only uh, conference with a bar actually built into our venue um, <laughs> and it's a full wraparound bar with dark wood it's, it's, you know, start serving beer and drinks about um, yeah. about three ish or so. Full service bar, yeah, at three three o'clock both days. The the one downside, and you know, it's all they're all trade offs. There's pros and cons. Is that we have to be out around four o'clock each each day um, because that's when the load in starts for the night act, and they of course always um, have something in the evening. Uh, it's rarer than when they don't. So we do have to be kicked out a bit early, but. You know, we'll, we'll turn that into lemonade because on Friday we'll just go for a hike. How awesome is that? Four o'clock. Hey, let's get some uh, exercise, get some fresh air before we head off to our um, our awesome after party at Avery Brewing. Or um, on, on on Thursday we're doing an unconference thing before Ignite Boulder. Now Ignite Boulder, which is the largest Ignite, I'm, I'm told, in the world, uses the theater. Although sometimes they use a larger venue at Chautauqua. Uh, they uh, they will be in the theater that night, and so that will be it sells out every time. There'll be 800 people having a lot of fun with the ignite, and that'll we'll, we'll, a lot of the attendees will also be attending that. So, all right. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, I need to wrap this up because I'm I'm going to be meeting a client pretty soon here. But uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, a work before pleasure, right? Anyway, um, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on, and it's always interesting to me to talk to people about these uh, regional conferences and kind of the uh, interesting take that they have on, you know, what just what you can do with a regional conference. And so um, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there and uh, yeah, to speaking. Um, it should be a lot of fun. Um, I'll, I'll try not to break into song on stage. And you can if you want. It's all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I will do us all a favor and not break into song okay. on stage. <laughs> we can get a mic for you if you want. I mean, set you up. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not going to have a mic? No, you have a mic, but we can set up like an acoustic mic so you can sing. And... Oh, there we go. I can yeah. just bring we did, my own. We did have a band last year, so we had Chad and Jim actually yeah, Chad uh, and brought Jim. their ukuleles up. Yeah. yeah, and they played on stage and sang. Yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are a lot of fun. Anyway, um, so I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks again for coming. And, uh, you know, um, if you want to sign up, you can go to, is it RockyMTNRuby.com? That's correct, yes. Yep. And uh, are there still spots open or is it sold out? Yeah. No, it's not sold out yet. We still have we still have room. All right. So if you want to come meet Marty or Charlie or myself or, you know, any of the other uh, people that you know are out in that area, 
then uh, by all means, sign up, come out, and uh, hopefully we'll meet you there. Yeah, great. It was good to talk to you. It was good to talk to you you there. Yep. We'll see you there. Bye. All right, that was just a fun interview. Um, it's always it's always fun to talk to, to people who are as uh, dynamic as, as Marty and Charlie. So uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast, guys. Um, again, I want to remind you to go and sign up for the Ruby on Rails course. You can do that at uh, railscoach.com. And, uh, you know, just click on Ruby on Rails courses, and uh, that'll do that for you. It'll, it'll take you to where you need to go. Um, you can also get a hold of me if you have any questions at chuck at teachmetocode.com. You can also um, you can also contact me on Twitter at cmaxw, and uh, you can find me all over the inter- internet. You just need to look for stuff related to Ruby. Um, I also recommend you go check out the Ruby Rogues podcast. I've had a lot of people talking to me about that, telling me how much they like it. So if you're into Ruby, then that's just a great way to go. Um, and, that, and that's pretty much it. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up, and we will catch you next week. <laughs>